Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and in this video, I'm going to address depression, specifically in building your property business or any other business, I guess. Uh, this is a tricky one, and I've made a lot of notes because I've been thinking about this very carefully. And before I go into, you know, if you experience any kind of what you might call depression in setting up and running your own business, or if you don't feel like you're getting ahead or getting the results as fast as you'd like, uh, I think I've got some things in here that can help you. I want to disclaim, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I am a guy who has had some harder times as well. And uh, maybe you don't know that. You know, we're, it's a pretty positive community, Progressive. We're very much can do. And of course, we want to teach you what you can do. We don't want to go on and on and on and on about what you can't. But um, in 11 years of doing this, I've, I've never done any training or video or shared any information that I think is going to be as quite as deep, intimate, important as this probably um, will hit home hard for some people. This was inspired by a lady who's been having some troubles. She shared it in the community. And, um, you know, maybe in the past I wouldn't have had the courage to deal with these issues or talk about them. Um, but I'm just doing it for the progressive community here. Let's see how it goes. So why am I doing a video on if you have ever experienced depression in building your business? One, because you are not alone. And that is so important for me to say, if you are experiencing any challenges, downs, pain, self-loathing, hating, I can't do this, you are not alone. You know, this is what we're here for at Progressive Property. This is what the nearly 14,000 people in the community are there for. This is what our team are there for. And if anyone ever reaches out and says, look, I'm really struggling, we will help you. You know, we've got a, a great record, to my knowledge in Progressive, that in the last 10, 11 years, you know, we haven't had anyone take their own life. But it's probably going to happen if I'm doing this for another 50 years. And actually, someone very close to me took their own life, and I'll tell you his story in a moment. So, um, you know, I, I do to a certain extent know how it feels. You must remember you're not alone. Now, um, my business partner, Mark Homer, he won't mind me sharing this. You know, sometimes he really struggles sleeping and sometimes his brain just won't turn off. It's what makes him a genius on the numbers, the spreadsheets, the figures, the analysis. And he really is a genius. Um, anyone who can haggle a, a wedding ring for 60 quid knew <laughs> he's a genius. But because of that, because the brain never stops, sometimes the thoughts he gets can just be really quite... Um, depressing, hard, scary. And if he's having a challenge, his brain can just beat him up about it. And, um, you know, I, I try and support Mark wherever I can. And um, he shared with me that often the worst thing is when you feel alone, when there's no one to talk about it with, when you don't feel that, you know, when you feel like you're the only one that's going through this, and that can be the hardest feeling. And that can you know, that compound can compound everything. Remember, I started in property on my own. It didn't last very long because I was with Mark. 
But then we were on our own for a couple of years. And, you know, we, uh, our ex-boss who fired us, you know, like he was, he was, there was a lot of defamation going on out there. And he was doing some things to us, which uh, we felt were really damaging our reputation that weren't true. And we had to endure all that. And um, so you're not alone. You must remember that. And I am reaching out to you. I'm pleading you to say, if you are going through some real hardships, just message me. Just message the community. Just tell us. Even if you don't know what to do or where to go, because I promise you, people will run out to help you. The universe is designed that way, by the way. Um, when you're high, high, manic, look at me, I'm great. You know, I'm on riding on the back of a wave. I felt like that before, and it's a great feeling sometimes. The world will chip you down. It will make you crash your Ferrari into the News International building and not be able to insure, be insured again. I've been there. But, when you are at your lowest point, it will pick you up. It is designed to do it that way. People will come to your aid. They will help you for free. It will pick you up. But you have to ask because if you don't, that's when it all goes wrong. All right. So the next thing you must remember is you're not ill. And, um, you know, I don't want to go too much into sort of zeitgeist theory uh, or knock anyone else. But, you know, the pharmaceutical industry wouldn't survive if it didn't. Uh, have ailments and illnesses to medicate. And so in theory, from a capitalist point of view, the more incentivized it is to diagnose, the, um, you know, the more money it makes. And, and it's easier for a doctor to say, oh, you know, you've got this problem, here are pills. But, you know, you're not ill. You, you know, you're not chemically imbalanced. You're not, you know, you don't have ADHD. You don't have all this bullshit that, you know, that people are labeling you. You're a human being. And you have all the same shit we all do. And, you know, you're having bad times. Things aren't going your way. You've had a stack of bad luck. You've tried things and they're not working out. And that is normal. It doesn't make you ill. And people close to me, like my most immediate family, have been medicated for things that aren't wrong with them. And have been on medication that have taken their personality, which has extremes, you know, I do. I have highs and lows. And it's done that to them. And they can't feel pleasure. Okay, they can't feel pain. You know, they can't, they just, they're just numb. And um, yeah, you know what? I think if you're educated, that it is normal to feel highs and lows. Every human being has every emotion. And, um, you know, like one of the things I think is a bit wrong with the personal development industry in some aspects and I've been there myself, is the happy, clappy positivity. I mean, you must be positive, for sure. You must look for solutions, for sure. You must look to grow through challenges, for sure. You must look to see the upsides, not just the downsides, for sure. Otherwise, you're going to go mad. You're going to be depressed. But, you know, you can't just sit there and meditate and never expect to feel, you know, some pain. Pain is normal. Pain serves us to grow. We need challenges to grow. If we didn't have challenges, we wouldn't grow to evolve, to survive, to thrive. So like, you know, wishing it away or, you know, just being delusional that, um, we, we, you know, that we're, we're, we're able to not feel these feelings. I think that's a bit naive. So what I would say is you're, you're allowed to feel these feelings. You know, like when you have a downval and you've never had a downval before, um, you know, or you lose a big client or you don't win, win a client and that means you can't pay your mortgage. To you, that's the worst thing that you know, could happen to you right then. And so then your brain will go, oh, well, I've had a down valor. Oh, well, I've lost my biggest client. Therefore, I won't be able to pay my mortgage. Therefore, my missus will hate me. Therefore, I won't be able to raise my kids properly. And your brain plays all these tricks on you. And that's not the truth. 
And uh, a quick story about that, and I know Ian Wallace won't mind me sharing this with you because he's become a great friend, but he had a down valve and he was taking some advice from us you know, about how to um, you know, recycle some of his money. And he had a down valve and he thought it was the end of the world. And he came to the VIP, which had just started back then. So this would have been, what, 07, 08. And he had a bit of a go at me and I let him have a rant. And he was, oh, this, all that, all this, all that, wow, wow, life, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I said to him, look, the best thing, advice I can give you is to put it into context. So read Gerald Ratner's book called The Rise and Fall and Rise Again. And, um, you know, Ian's an action taker. He read it on the train back up to Northumberland. He read the whole book on the train. And he messaged me. He said, Rob, I get it. You know what? I've got a good life. And, um, you know, Gerald Ratner said one thing that was taken out of context. And his whole business was ruined by the media. And in fact, he hired someone to come into the business to help him stabilise it. And that person fired him. And for seven, I think, years it was, Gerald will tell you, he's become a good friend of mine. He just couldn't get out of bed. And in the end, his wife said, if you don't get out of bed, uh, then um, I'm leaving you. So what are you going to do to sort this out? And so we have this tendency, don't we, when things go wrong, to then create a load of stories in our mind of all the other things that are going to go wrong. But that's not true. It's not true because it hasn't happened yet. So you don't know that um, a down value get will mean you go to another broker, get a better broker, get a better valuation. You don't know that, do you? You don't know that the breakup you have with someone you loved makes space for someone even more right for you to come into your life. You don't know that the six months you're going through of not yet getting your first rent to rent or your first package deal sold, when you look at everyone else and think they're doing it, you don't know that that's going to give you a great foundation of reality so that you could do three deals in the next three months. Or so that when you have a, a bit of a dry spell in the future, you'll be ready and you'll know that this is normal. So I just need to tell you, you're not ill. There's nothing wrong with you. You just, you know, you just haven't found the right people. You just haven't found someone to support you. You just maybe haven't found your right niche yet or you haven't had the right support or someone hasn't given you a chance. And that's what we're here to do at Progressive Property. So, you know... One of the worst things I think that the media does is, you know, and the you know, pharmaceutical industry and everything else is, you know, stereotypes like you are this, you know, you are a depressive personality. You are that type of person. Bollocks. It's bollocks. Every human being has every trait. Now, are some people more emotionally within a bandwidth and are some people a bit more extreme? Maybe, probably. Can even the most calm of people feel excited? Yeah. And feel depressed? Yeah. Um, so whilst we've all got different personalities, don't let anyone else on the planet put you in a box that you're not. You know, all this ADHD that was medicated for, the reality was these people were just bored of shitty classes with shitty teachers who didn't care about them enough to find out what they're interested in and were a freaking genius at something else that no one had sat down to care about them enough to find out what that is. And that's why we teach you all these strategies at Progressive, you know, not just to have more courses, because there's a downside to that, which is overwhelm. But the reality is some of you are made for rent to rent. Some of you are made for deal packaging. Some of you are made for commercial conversion. Some of you are made for deal packaging. Some of you are made to be trainers and mentors. Some of you are made to be coaches and support people. You know, we've all got a place. And when you find out what that is, then you'll fly. Uh, and, you know, if you try some and you fail, you're not a failure. You know, if you do a course and you don't implement it, you're not a failure and it's not a shit course. It's just you haven't carried on yet. You need to give it more time or it's just not right for you. It's OK to go. Do you know what? This one isn't right for me. This one is. As long as you're not 
you know, repeating that pattern by giving up and 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 giving up, not giving it enough time. All right. So next thing then, if you've ever felt down, depressed, you know, or you feel unlucky, you, you know, you feel it's easier for others, is that you are meant to experience these challenges. You are meant to. It is your purpose. As a human species, if we were not challenged to grow, to improve, to be able to take more extreme pressure, situation and circumstance, then we would not evolve. We would die out. We are, it is not the purpose of life to sit there and be happy all the time. And this is one of the biggest delusions that I think is damaging people. It, nearly everyone says, I just want to be happy. I just want to, you, know, you can be happy all the time. I just want my kids to be happy. No, you, you should not just want your kids to be happy. You should want your kids to endure competition, to endure challenge, to endure difficulty, to endure debate, to be open to other minded, other people's opinions, to be critiqued on their own opinions, to be, you know, we, if we don't endure challenge, we become juvenile. We become dependent on, you know, we become a consumer reliant on people to sustain us. So the challenges you're having, they serve a purpose for you. And of course, the hardest thing for people is when that's happening to, to believe that and to accept that. Because when it's going well, you go, oh, yeah, Rob, you're right. You know, when, when, it's, when it's down, I know that there's a meaning and a challenge in that, that. I'm supposed to learn through something I haven't mastered yet, something I've disowned. But then when you're in the depths of the, uh, you know, and you feel the funk, as they say in America, and your stomach just falls you know, that's when the rubber hits the road and, and that's when it's hardest to do. But th there is an equally balanced upside to that downside. And it might be that's preparing you better for more challenges to come. Now, if you think it will get easier in property and business, get over that delusion. You know, I used to think, get this for a, 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 you know, naive. I used to think as I got better, I'd have less challenges, less difficulties. Life would be a smoother ride. I'd have less critics, less trolls, less haters. What a twat I was. What a complete idiot I was to think that. The bigger you get, the better you get. The more haters, the more trolls, the more critics, the more challenges. You know, if you've got 100 staff, every day there's going to be someone with an issue and a challenge just by definition that you've got 100 staff. If you've got a million people following you, you're going to have a 1,000 people, you know, completely trolling you. You know, like giving you the worst evil abuse. And, you know, just think of all those huge celebrities, what they have to put up with. And a lot of people say, oh, well, they deserve it. Well, you don't know what they've experienced and what they've gone through and the challenges and the critics and the, the hate mail and the, you know, the death threats that they've had just by doing what they're supposed to do. So every human being has every trait. You're not depressed. You're not depressive. We all get depressed. But it's just what we label it as. If we label it as a short-term challenge, if we label it as I'm feeling down, I, you know, and there's a purpose to it, we don't compound it. We don't make it more than it is. But as soon as we have a little bump, if we go, oh, there it is again, that always happens to me. You know, I knew this would happen. I'm, you know, and we label ourselves, then we compound it to be more of a reality. So, um, you know, you'll know I'm a pretty positive person. I am. You know, I'm, I see more upside than downside. And sometimes, by the way, that's not good. Sometimes that produces challenges because I miss things or, you know, I, I just I don't um, predict some of the challenges as much. And I've got a business partner and a fiance and an amazing MD in my in our companies who do that job for me. So, you know, I've put myself around good people, but I have tried to train myself 
to see the upsides and the downsides and also the downsides and the upsides. Now, if you'd have seen me as an artist, ten and odd half years ago, I mean, even the music I was listening to was depressing. I was listening to the, the most depressing Radiohead songs. You know, kill myself slowly, I want to die. Nine Inch Nails, you know, I hate myself. I loathe myself, my music make me loathe myself, my art was dark, I couldn't sell any, so I loathe myself even more. I'm just so glad live feed videos and selfie videos uh, were not present back then, because you'd have seen a very emaciated me, very depressed, and um, it probably would have cheered you up a bit. But that wasn't the reality, that was me compounding my misery, and, and I didn't have mentors, I didn't have positive people around me. I wasn't in the right communities because, you know, they didn't exist on Facebook back then. Um, I wasn't taking control of my thoughts. My, you, know, you know, like sometimes your mind uh, plays itself. And, you know, the ability to get yourself back up is when you consciously, it's like, I've got these two voices. There's like the sort of, the Rob who's done a million quid of the personal development courses who knows what to say. And there's the other one that doesn't want to hear it. That's a grumpy bastard. And it's sometimes they have to have a little bit of a fight. It's like, oh, here we go again, Rob. You know, uh, you're a ginger beard and your gob has got you in trouble. Uh, you always do that. You know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then this one goes, wait a minute, what's the upside? You know, we can, we can learn from this. And then this one goes, I don't want to fucking learn from this. You know, you've done this your whole life. You're a loser. And this one goes, oh, wait a minute, you're not a loser. You're just having a challenge. You know, this one becomes patronising and this one becomes like a, you know, evil bastard. And um, sometimes that's just what you have to do. Sometimes you just have to have a word with yourself and you can train this voice. You can take control of your thoughts and train this voice to, I'm not saying be happy, clappy, falsely, positive or like, it's not like if you've got a problem saying, oh, don't worry, go and meditate, it'll be all right. The universe will rescue you. It's not about that. It's about, okay, we're having a problem. I get it. Rob, you're allowed 15 minutes to moan, bitch, complain, do it in private. Don't piss anyone else off. You're allowed to have a bad day. Have a bad day. You know, talk to someone that you trust. Have a rant. Get permission. And then tomorrow, get the fuck over yourself and look at solving it. And look at setting up better systems and working out what you did wrong and take control of the situation. Okay. So um, every day I get thoughts into my head of my son being taken away from me somehow. And I get these disturbing thoughts. I can't watch TV shows, you know, where there's the father and the son bond um, without getting really emotional about it. And the scariest thought in my life is to not have, you know, Gemma, Bobby, Ariana, Mark, Catherine, all, you know, the, the amazing people around me. It, it scares the shit out of me. Um, but we all obviously have those thoughts and those thoughts are there obviously to serve us because if I didn't have those thoughts, I would probably be less careful. And I am a bit of a, I'm a bit of a mother to Bobby. I mean, you know, I don't want to coddle him too much, but yeah, I have these thoughts all the time. We all have these really dark thoughts because we're meant to have them. If we weren't meant to have them, we wouldn't have them. We just have to put them into context. Okay, that's a dark thought. That serves a purpose. What's the purpose? Okay, that's good to know of those that purpose. Make sure I do what I can to not let that happen. And, um, you know, be grateful for everything I've got. Okay, so, um, you know, let me share some things I hate about myself for your benefit. 
Um, because I don't want you to look at me in the community and go, oh, you know, Rob's done this, Rob's done that, Rob's not reachable, because that's totally the opposite of how I want you to see me. I want you to see me that I'm just totally a normal guy who's doing the same stuff as you, going through the same stuff as you, you know, but I've been doing it a while, long enough, even if I make a lot of cock-ups, I can get over it because I've been doing it a while. And also, I've just, so, you know, when I've got to my worst points, I've just rubbed my sleeves up or got good help or been around good people and just kind of, you know, got through it. Uh, so every time I write something, when I'm writing it, I'm quite excited and inspired by it. And I think, oh, yeah, this is good. This can really help people. You know, I'm getting somewhere. I'm improving my skills. And then as soon as I publish it, I read it back over and go, ugh, that is shit. And I get, every time I read back my book, I don't even read my books anymore. You know, I'm going back and reading my books because I just have this awful self-loathing. It's a weird thing. I don't know why. Why do I love what I'm doing and think it's great when I'm doing it? And then as soon as it's in the public domain, I fucking hate it. And I have all this self-loathing. Why? I don't know. I know. Well, no, I was going to say. Probably because it makes me try and work to get better each time. So, you know, if I watch speeches of myself, I hate my voice on audio. Hate it. Hate watching myself speak. For about 10 years, I never smiled when I was speaking. It's like, what? Are, you know, why are you doing this? Rob? Look at you. You're so grumpy. And, um, yeah, uh, couldn't just hate it. But it's there to serve the purpose, to make sure I stay humble, I stay hungry, and I always look to improve and grow and get better and serve you. And if I do that, I'll always be relevant. I'll always have a place in this market. You know, I'll always be able to look after myself and my family. So I have another word with myself and say, hey, what, how, does this, how does this self-loathing serve you? Now, here's the thing. I, there's things I love about myself as well. There's things I loathe about myself. We all have things we love about ourselves. We all have things we loathe about ourselves. And that's okay, and that's normal, and that makes us who we are. Like I said, Mark, he has a lot of problems sleeping. He's a worrier. He worries a lot, and that can get him into a dark place. But that also makes him great at analysing deals. It makes him great at, you know, being able to sift through the noise and the bullshit. It makes him great at um, making less mistakes. But it gets him stuck sometimes, and it gets him slow sometimes, and it gets him into that kind of down state sometimes. So... You know, maybe you can relate to that, but the downs have the ups. They have an upside. You can't have one without the other. They are intrinsically linked. Um, and the thing is, Mark and I care. And, you know, like, you don't have to believe me by saying it. Look at how often we post. You know, look at how we try and solve the problems. We know we're not perfect. We always want to try and help where possible. Uh, and we do care. And, and, and that's great because if we care, then you'll do well. But part of us caring is sometimes we worry too much. We live and breathe it too much. Uh, and um, yeah, so maybe you care and that's okay. And maybe sometimes that caring makes you, it hurts you when things go wrong. Okay, so I make a lot of mistakes. And um, it seems that the more open I am about them, the more I'm okay with them. And actually, the more open I am about them, the less they become a problem. And actually, a lot of my mistakes have been some of the best things that I've done. A lot of them have been freaking awful. And like I said, I'm glad there wasn't selfie videos 10 or 15 years ago because they'd be public as well. Um, but, you know, you are perfect the way you are. Your flaws too. You're, it's okay to make mistakes because the, there's upsides to your mistakes that makes you a genius. Okay, so what I think you mustn't do, you must not do, uh, you know, if you're feeling down and, you know, you, when you're labelling it and everything else, is you mustn't stew on it for too long. Like Tiger Woods, one of the best golfers in the world, 
he would allow himself to be mad, angry, have a rant, a burst, a shout, maybe smack the odd club if he hit a bad shot. But he trained himself that before the next hole or before the next shot, he's out of his mind and he's present on the current shot. And, you know, some of the biggest mindset in golf is clearing your mind, forget about the last shot, don't let it ruin the next shot, and go through your routine on the current shot. And that's all you can do if you have a down valve, if you get a troll, if you get critiqued, you know, if the training isn't, you know, it's taking too long for you. But remember, that might be a, a, an unrealistic expectation. You know, if you're beating yourself up because you haven't bought property for six months, when it takes seven years to become a doctor and then another 10 years to earn a half decent salary and you're expecting 10 properties in six months, well, maybe you're setting yourself up. So maybe there's a bit of, you know, balanced reality. But a la a, you're, you, you mustn't suppress and, you know, and delude yourself to think you can never feel these emotions. You're allowed to let them out, but let them out, let them out quickly, let them out safely. Don't, uh, don't post them on Facebook. You know, it doesn't serve you a rant and bitch on Facebook. You know, have a moment with someone you trust where, you know, you know, they will allow you to do that and they won't judge you and they won't share it uh, and then move on and then give yourself that time and then commit to clearing your mind and moving on and being present. If you stew in it, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And if you listen to depressing music and you start to love your self-loathing, it gets worse and worse and worse. And if you put identity on it, it gets worse and worse and worse. So you need to break the pattern. Read something positive. Listen to happy music. Interrupt your own pattern. Teach this voice to be stronger than this voice. Ask for help. Get around positive people. Break the pattern. Okay. Also, you mustn't deny it, which I kind of already talked about. You're, those allow them to, if you suppress them in too long, then they will manifest in illness or, the, you know, they, they will stew and they will get worse. You mustn't deny them. You must allow them. Um, but, you know, you must allow yourself to have some kind of catharsis, some healing. Um, but let's put it into context. And um, before I move on to the next one, I think this is really important. I am a white male born in, in probably one of the best times to be born in history, in between um, baby boomers and millennials, uh, with parents who are still alive, who did everything they could to raise me in the best possible way. Uh, in one of the best countries in the world in terms of healthcare, economy, etc. And it would be unbelievably selfish of me and naive and delusional and unrealistic to think I've got it bad. And um, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world. You know, if you're a woman and you have everything else that I had, you know, good parents and good, um, you know, in a good country, you've got it easier than many, but probably a little bit harder than me, because, you know, from a career, it's probably not as easy for you. If you're an, an immigrant, you know, you've come into this country, you've probably had more challenges than me, but, you know, there'll be an upside to that because many immigrants like Arnold Schwarzenegger become super successful because they went through the challenge. But none of us who are tuning into this live feed who are, you know, in the progressive community are in a third world country where, you know, our parents are getting murdered and our kids are getting, um, you know, taken from us. And, you know, the, the average life expectancy in some African countries is under 40 years old. And in some European countries, it's over 80 years old. And, uh, you know, we are fucking lucky to have been born into a great environment. And OK, you know, you may have your parents may have gone through a divorce and, you, you know, you may have had some challenges with your parents. You know, like I hope you haven't had really bad challenges with your parenting, um, but maybe you have. But you've still got a lot of these upsides, probably. You know, if, you, if you're born in America and you're born in England, you've got a lucky card. And if we focus on that, how lucky we are, how grateful we should be for everything that we've got, even the challenges. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, she was abused 
as a young girl. And that's why she has such a strong mission. And if you look at a lot of the successful people, they turned their, you know, their, their, their difficulties when they were younger into their driver to motivate them. So, you know, if we focus on what we've got and what we're grateful for, we're alive, we're healthy, you know, we've got access to great information, we've got access, we, we can feed and clothe ourselves. It does put some of these, you know, challenges we're having into perspective. That's not to, to um, sort of patronise how you're feeling. It's definitely not to do that because we all feel it and we're allowed to feel it. And it's normal to feel it. But if you put it into context like that, it's so hard because you emotionally you can't be depressed and grateful at the same time. You cannot. It's impossible. Try it. You can be one or the other one. You know, the stronger one you will feel. Um, do not label yourself. If you label yourself, you own what you don't want to be. So don't, you know, you have an emotion, but that's not you. You are not a depressive person. You just feel it sometimes. Don't label you. It's a transient emotion. It will pass. You know, here's the reality with life, which is kind of a bit of a challenge, but it's the way it is. Is If it's going great, 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 that won't last forever. And so you need to make plans and provisions for that. If it's going really, really, really bad, it won't last forever. And the, the, the property market cycles and the economies, that's how they go and that's how relationships go. Everything goes like that. It's seasonal. So if you can have that balanced, so when you're really high and manic and excited like I am, make sure you bank a lot of money, make sure you make systems and plans and provisions so that if it all went wrong, you can still survive. But then when it's all going really bad, just know that you wake up tomorrow and you could get a bit of luck. Okay, and then finally, no, two more uh, things on what you must never do is you must never make excuses and own, you know, what's going wrong in your life. You know, if you make excuses, you lose the power. As soon as it's someone else's fault, you lose the power to change it. Even if you believe that it's Trump's fault or the government's fault or your mentor's fault or someone else's fault or your husband's fault or your wife's fault or whatever's fault. Even if you truly believe that, even if you are right, you mustn't believe that. You can't because as soon as you do, you can't control the situation anymore. You can't change it. It will only change when they change and they'll never change because they, they're who they are. That is how it is. So you, you must never own your excuses. You must always own it yourself. Now, when you own it yourself and you convince yourself that it's your responsibility, not your fault, your responsibility, then you have power to change it. Then you do change it. Then you ask the right questions. Then you become magnetic to people because people go, wow, this person, they don't blame. They don't make excuses. They even take other people's mistakes and solve them. That is a person I'm inspired by. You must never, ever own your excuses. Stop yourself from making them. I know a lot of people, they have these bands, you know, these elastic bands, um, you know, sort of excuses bands, you know, like the charity ones you can get. And they ping themselves every time they make an excuse or they complain. And they do it for 30 days. And um, if they get 29 days in and they blame someone, ping, and they have to start for 30 days again. That's not a bad idea if you do that a lot. And don't, you know, like people who do it out, you know, they blur all their excuses and blame other people on all these social media profiles. What are you doing? All you're doing is attracting a load more of that shit and a load more of those people. So don't do that. It doesn't serve you. Might feel good in the moment. You'll regret it afterwards. All right. And then don't compare yourself to anybody else other than to inspire yourself. You know, like I've got a lot of heroes. You know, I think I think um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think he's a total legend. Um, and, and, you know, many of you know, I met him and I spent a good 20, 25 minutes with him. Not to say he's my mate, but, you know, I spent a lot of time with him and he's shorter than me. And. You know, like, how would I have perceived in my mind a 60-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger or, like, you know, still like he was when he was 25? And um, I admire him, but, you know, he's, he's just a normal guy. 
And um, if I, I should only compare myself to Arnold Schwarzenegger if I want to inspire myself to become more of who I want to be and I want to uh, achieve greatness in my own life and I want to self-actualize, as you know, a lot of people are saying. I shouldn't want to be him and I shouldn't therefore feel that I'm a failure because I haven't done what he's done because he's him and I'm me. And um, yeah, so um, only compare yourself to other people for inspiration, for motivation, for energy, to step yourself up, to pattern interrupt, to, you know, play a bigger game in your own life and never to go, oh, well, I'm, you know, and, um, you know and, and beat yourself up. And you know what? There's a lot of people in the community that are doing well, but you don't know their story. And you don't know if A, they've been doing it longer than you, B, they had transmutable experience and knowledge, which meant they could get ahead quicker. You don't actually know if they're all saying it how it is. Uh, you know, so do some diligence on what they're saying. You know, I believe that most people in the community are honest and open tell the truth, but you should never assume because, you know, there's a lot of people we can't police it. So, you know, if someone says they've bought 58 million properties in five minutes, do you know that's true? So check it out. If you want to compare yourself to them, check it out. If it's not true, you can go, oh, okay. If it is true, you find them. You take them out for lunch and coffee and you find out how they did it. You know, so you can always make it serve you. But um, you don't know anyone else's story. And um, if you're knocking them down, you don't know the challenges they're having. And if you're putting them up, you don't know what they've been through to get there. Uh, and the better you get to know them and the more you do, the probably the more inspiring that is for you. And it just settles you down and calms you down. So um, one of my, one of the best mentors I've ever had, his name was Warren. And he was the second speaker I ever saw in property. Now, I went to my first ever networking event uh, right at the end of December 2005, and I met Mark Homer there. As you can't remember who the speaker was, all I really remember is the meeting with Mark, because that was the most profound part of that meeting. But I remember going back to that same networking event, the Holiday Inn in Peterborough, the next month. And um, I remember seeing Warren speak and I remember walking in and I was still a bit, you know, like I was still new. I didn't really know a lot and I was a bit scared. And, um, and I remember Warren came in and it was, all, it was like he glided in, you know, and he was qu quite muscly. He had a really good tan, a nice suit on, you know, um, smart but casual. I think I had man envy, you know, I think I, I wanted to be him. And, you know, when he was presenting, he just kind of sat on the edge of the seat, very relaxed body language. And, uh, you know, I live in Portugal because like, it's my favourite country in the world. And I travel to Sydney and to London and to different parts of the world. And I've got, uh, you know, global portfolio and I'm financially free. And, you know, and I was like, wow, I want to be this man. And uh, he, his courses then, you know, they were not like ours. You know, you had to pay five grand for a, a, just a, a manual with some DVDs. You know, back then courses were so much more expensive and so much harder to get and you had to you know and um i was in quite a lot of debt still because obviously it was only a month after my um kind of you know the worst part of my debt and um i invested in this five thousand pound program which was just a manual and dvds because there was something about him that inspired me and you know i figured i only needed to implement one thing and i'd um, do well out of it and so you know like he gave me some one-to-one -one phone calls with that and he became a friend and he was a guy that kind of nudged my boss, said there was something about me to be a public speaker, uh, for which I've done now over a thousand speeches. And um, he believed in me and he helped me and he taught me the buy refurb mortgage model, which then, um, you know, I worked with Mark on and enabled us to do 700 property purchases. Um, not, none of my own money for sure, some of Mark's, but mostly other people's. 
And um, yeah, became a, a great mentor and one, one of my great friends and someone I really admired and very humble and very down to earth and very funny. And um, we lost touch with him because Progressive got big and we got busy and he was kind of, you know, when the recession came, he was, we went over to work in some different countries. And then I got an email from one of my friends and said, have you heard about Warren? And I was like, no, was, you know, he must be massive by now. He must have the biggest company in the world in Australia. And what a guy. And, um, and my friend told me he'd committed suicide. And I couldn't believe it. And, um, you know, on the outside, he had everything. Everything. You know, the cars, the money, the looks, the dress sense, everything. But he wasn't happy in himself because he wasn't, he hadn't connected with his wife. Um, he didn't have balance in his life. Uh, so on the outside, it was great. But on the inside, he was, you know, he was um, being torn apart. And uh, his missus broke up with him. His wife broke up with him because... I think she never saw him and I don't, you know, like this is one of the reasons why I wrote Life Leverage. It's one of the reasons why I tell you about balancing your family and your, you know, work. And, you know, when people say hustle and grind and work 15 hours a day for three years, what, and get and then get divorced and not see your kids? No, you do that stupid, bad advice. And Warren killed himself because of it. And I just wish he'd said something to me because I know I could have helped. Um, but he never did and he's gone. And, you know, like, I was scared yesterday because of a post that someone put in the community and I thought, this could happen one day and I do not want to be, I do not want to have not said this first. And so, um, you know, I wish he was here because I know I could have helped him. Um, but what is that saying? That is saying that even the most successful people in the world, even the people that you think have got everything, they're going through challenges too. Um, we're, we're all just going through the same stuff. Let's just help each other out. Let's reach out. Uh, you know, don't do this on your own. Okay, so here's what I think you can do to get yourself out of this. Uh, you know, whatever you perceive to be depressed, depression, uh, you've got to ask for help. All you have to do is hold your breath and go, I'm struggling. Look in the community. I'm pointing because I've got my phone for the community up here. If you go, oh, I'm struggling, help me. Those those posts get the most comments, the most likes, and a load of people going and going, thank God you said it because I was feeling it too. So just ask. Hold your breath if you're not really a sort of, if you, you know, don't have courage. And the world, the universe, ask the community, will conspire to help you. You will see how many people care when you do that, by the way. Number two is be around people who lift you up. You've got to get rid of all those people who drag you down. I'm not saying you should never take feedback. I'm not saying that, you know, you're never going to have critics or haters or trolls or whatever. But anyone who's draining your life, block them, ban them and don't spend time with them. This is your life. And you know what? They say, don't they? There's two types of people. There's radiators and drains. There's people who give you energy. People who suck it out of you like the four fucking pints of blood gone when you spent 10 minutes with them no you don't owe them anything so you don't have to say you're fired because rob said you're a bloodsucker but just just ration the time you spend with them because it's harder to pick yourself up but easier for other people to pick you up so some of the best personal development advice in the world to be positive more of the time and be successful is cheat by letting other people do it for you. Because it's so infectious, isn't it? You know how enthused and inspired you are when you're a room full of crazy fuckers like me. And all these, you know, deluded, 
millionaire billionaire either are millionaire billionaires or we want to be and we think we could quit our job and be a millionaire in a year or two years or three years and whatever else and we've got all this all these delusions of grandeur that we're, we're going to be on the rich list fucking hell in nutters and some of us get there and you know it's inspiring to feel like that and be like that and to have people have got all these you know i think what what did steve jobs say those people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world they're the ones that do so I love listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, speaking to people, being around people, watching videos of people like that. Because it's so hard to be depressed when someone's like, come on, I see something in you. You know, let's, let's brainstorm, let's get all these ideas out. Get rid of those other people. You know, there are some, I've got a few trolls. You know, they just hate my face. You know, they don't necessarily hate what I'm doing. It's not personal. But I don't know who they are anymore because I've blocked the fuck out of them. Block the fuck button. And, you know, in the end, when it's not feedback, it's just, like, oh, look at you, oh, look at you, oh, look at your beard, oh, look at your face. You're fucking blocked. You don't exist in my life anymore. And, oh, man, there's like, I keep a list of all the critics, trolls and haters on my Evernote. Half of them I'm really grateful for because you know what? They keep me honest and some of their feedback has been good. A quarter of them are just what they said I want to prove wrong. A quarter of them. They hate everyone. They hate every trainer, every, you know, property company owner. The irony is most of their business comes from progressive property. You know, one's a mortgage broker. One's got their own community. Most of their business comes from all. We spend hundreds of thousands of pounds a year trying to get the message out. Most of their customers come from us. What the fuck? Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I don't know what they're doing anymore because they are blocked. And my life is so much better. Now, if they've got good feedback, if they're, if they're critiquing me, if they're helping me learn, I'm not hiding from a challenge. I just know when it gets A, personal, and it's not, it's a lie. And B, it's just what they do to everyone. Then it's done. What's the point? Don't help me serve you. All right. Cool. Next thing then is look at the upsides. There are equal upsides to the downsides. So everything you hate about you is great about you. Everything you hate about what's happening is great about what's happening. Everything that is causing you pain is also serving you. You just have to see it. Have you ever been in a relationship where for years you wanted to get out of it? You didn't have the strength or the courage or you didn't want to be alone and you just couldn't do it. And then one day after years, it finally happened, whatever. And then a year on, you thought, why did I waste three or four or five years of my life stuck in that relationship? My life is so much better now. Uh, Sonny's asked, have I got a world record attempt for Facebook Live? I don't even know the time. I just plan to go through this agenda. Um, Gemma's taking the kids to a party, and uh, I felt this was important to say. All right, so look at all the upsides of all the downsides, and you know, you'll see the lesson you're meant to get. And then when you get it, You've solved it and then you've gone up a level and that won't, I'm not saying it won't hurt anymore, but you'll be able to deal with it much better than you used to be able to deal with it. And that's how you grow. So you become stronger, resilient. You have grit, you know, all these phrases that people use. Okay, right. So get help covered. Yeah, if you're having a challenge, it will filter who cares about you. Because if, if you're having a real challenge, uh, some people will go, yeah, look at you, struggling, uh, told you so. And that filters who you should be in your life. If you have a challenge and some people come and support you, you're getting a couple of comments on Facebook and someone comes in and says, actually, this person's doing a good job. It filters who's around you. 
Uh, and, that, you know, that's a great upside of if you're going through challenges. What else have I really... It helps you toughen up, man up, you know. It's a big, tough world out there. You know, people are going... To, you know, people are getting shot every day in third world countries. If you can't handle, you know, one critical post on a Facebook group, good luck in the real world. So if you're having a challenge and it's something small, it's teaching you to go and be able to handle a bigger business, handle more challenges. Um, so it's great information education, even if it hurts at the time. Okay, right. So what else can you do if you're feeling down uh, and you can't pick, you, pick yourself up is use it to motivate you. So, um, you know, when you're kind of on, on it, it's easy. You know, you're just on the crest of a wave. So let's use the analogy of working out in a gym. I do my best to work out in a gym. It's kind of like I'm maintaining, you know, not getting really fat and really old, but, you know, like I can always do better. Um, but my best workouts are not when I go and hit it hard when I'm on it. They're easy. It's when you don't feel like it and you drag yourself into the gym and you do a 25-minute workout, which was kind of a bit lame, but you did it. And you should give yourself some self-love for that. Oh, the battery's running. This is cane in the battery. Um, I'll probably better wrap this up. Uh, so, you know, use your challenges to motivate you. Use your critics, trolls and haters and difficulties to motivate you, to want to prove people wrong, to want to be better, to want to learn. The next thing then is contextualise how you're feeling. You know, should you really be in a deep, deep, dark depression, you know, one step away from wanting to take your own life? Or have you just got it, you know, out of context? Could it be worse? Is it as bad as a poor, starving child in the third world? Is it a bad that someone who's been abused since they were one year, you know, one year old? Because it probably isn't. And if it's not, when you contextualise it and then do a gratitude exercise by going, I'm so grateful to have my son. I'm so grateful to have my daughter. I'm so grateful to have my husband or wife. And if you haven't got a husband or wife, I'm so grateful to not have to answer to anyone because there's upsides of being single as well. Um, I won't tell you about some of the others. Not that I would know. Um, I'm so grateful to be able to have nice clothes. I'm so grateful to be able to eat good food that doesn't poison me. I'm so grateful to have a, to live in a nice place where it's safe, where people aren't trying to shoot me every day. I'm so grateful to be able to log on and get all the information I need in Facebook groups. I'm so grateful to have access to great people and information and courses. On and on and on and on and on. So contextualise, you know, your dark days. Um, and then when you spin it into gratitude, I promise you, your life will change if you um, practice gratitude. The best book I re read on gratitude was The Gratitude Effect by Dr. John Domatini, one of my mentors and friends. The Power of Now is great as well. Um, if you speak to a lot of people who are very successful and who've had very big challenges and who are pretty positive, they will all tell you that gratitude is a key ingredient to that. All right. Learn how to manage how you feel. You know, there'll be patterns to when you get depressed. So learn what puts you there and learn how to A, not go there or B, get yourself out of there when you, when, when you do go there. So, for example, I know if I'm stuck in traffic in a car, it's going to piss me off and it actually gets me quite um, agitated. So if, but if I'm in the back seat doing a video or doing some work, I'm cool with that. Or if I'm on a train, I'm cool with that. So don't ever travel uh, when I know it's going to be busy. I never go um, anywhere before 10 o'clock. Never towards London before 10 o'clock and, and then never, never come back after three o'clock. Now, it used to wind me up something chronic. It's amazing, isn't it? How a little th huge things might not bother me, you know, but be, having big, like, did you see my 70,000 YouTube video, you know, where loads of people are like, wanker, fucker, look at you, mate, tosser. Didn't bother me at all. It's hilarious. But again, stuck for 10 minutes in traffic on the M25 and I want to go and kill people I don't even know. 
So what? You, I'm the idiot though because I'm tra- I'm setting off at seven o'clock in the morning when everyone else is. So set off at ten o'clock in the morning. Now that's an analogy for everything that happens to you that puts you in that darkness. Don't put yourself there. Or when you go there, have a pattern interrupt and a trigger to get out of it. So for me, podcasts, positive audios, speaking to someone I care about, getting grateful, going through my gratitude routine that I've done every night since I read Think and Grow Rich in 2005. So that's what, 11, 12 years later, every night, gratitude, gratitude, it always breaks the pattern. You know, sometimes it takes a while. That's okay. Um, Contextualise it. Learn how to manage it. Sometimes you just need to get through the day. The day sometimes is shit. Get through the day. Wake up tomorrow. It will be different. Life will bring you down when you're cocky. It will lift you up when you're in your darkest moments. Have faith that it will do that. So to finish, you're not alone. Use us. People care about you in this community that you don't even know because you haven't even given them a chance to. Always remember that. Always ask for help. Reach out. We're not perfect at progressive property. We will make mistakes. We want to solve them. We want to improve. So let us know what they are. Let us know what you want to hear from us. You know, the challenges as well as the upsides. Share your upsides. Share your downsides. We're in this together. We're all in different areas. If you're in Peterborough, then mm, we are competition, but we have a head start. But we're not going to stop you. We've got got loads of friends in Peterborough who have done our course. I'm only joking about that. Um, We're more alike than you think. And um, yeah, you know, on another video, maybe if it's relevant, I'll tell you some more stories of some of the challenges I've had um, just to help you get through them. Thanks for being a part of the community. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Invest for freedom, choice and profit. If you've got any questions, comments, shares, helps, anything you want to reach out with, then stick it in the video below. This was a bit of an experiment, maybe a risky subject. I hope it helps. If you've got any feedback from me, I'll happily do it. I only did it in the progressive community just in case I um, said something that wasn't, you know, scientifically proven or anything like that. Thanks for, um, thanks for being who you are and doing what you do.